All right, this is uh, Jeffrey Rickman. This is my channel, Plain Spoken, and this is part of my African United Methodist Voices series. I've been interviewing different people from different regions of Africa to try and understand how I and other American Methodists can be uh, good friends to our brothers and sisters in Africa. Today I'm speaking uh, to my new friend, Julio Andre Vilanculos. How, how close did I come to saying that properly? Vilanculos. Vilanculos. I put the yes. emphasis on the wrong. Okay, so say it one more time for me. Julio Andre Vilanculos. Very nice. Okay, I'll try. I, I probably won't say your full name again, but I am, I'm glad to know how. I, I was not aware before I reached out to you that the, the official language of Mozambique is Portuguese. That, uh, yes, that is. Mozambique, I, I got on Wikipedia this morning and I looked up your country's history. Um, there was roughly 400 years of colonial rule by the Portuguese. And then when they left... There was a brief time of peace, but there was instantly a civil war between, it's mostly just capitalists and communists, right? For almost 20 years, a civil war, but now there's been a time of peace for about another 20 years. Is that right? Yes, you are right. And then in the midst of that, the United Methodist Church has been there and has planted some uh, higher education schools, and uh, you are tied to the General Board of Higher Education and Ministry, GBHEM. Um, are you a native of Mozambique? Were you born there? Yes, I was born in Mozambique. I grew up in Mozambique. I'm serving in Mozambique. Very good. So so you are well-equipped to know how to minister to uh, the students and, and uh, other adults that you work with over there. And you've been—how long have you been working in higher education? I have been working in higher education as from 2017, about six years. Okay, okay. Yes. Do you enjoy it? Yes, I do, I do, I do, I do enjoy it. But uh, I'm talking about working at university, but uh, um, I'm connected to GBHM mm -hmm. as from 2010. Okay. Uh, when I finished my, my master degree at African University, then I was appointed uh, to serve as a professor at a seminary here in Mozambique, uh, where we are training our pastors before we have the university. That's when I started to be connected with uh, the GBHM through the seminar. I was the head of the seminary. Then uh, in 2011, we created what we call AAUMTI, African Association of United Methodist Church Institutions. And I was, as well, I was the founder secretary of that association. That's where I started being connected to GBHM, GBHM up to now. So you, you teach, you have taught seminary courses. Uh, what, what is your field of expertise? What, what, what subjects are you especially knowledgeable of? My, my area of study is uh, church history. Okay. Contemporary church history. That's my area of study. Um, from master's degree up to PhD, which uh, I just finished in 2013 from the University of Pretoria. But I also teach like homiletics, 
I also teach uh, like uh, sociology. I also teach subjects like uh, like um, the history of church in Mozambique. So these are the areas which I'm, uh, I've been working with. Church history is particularly helpful, in my opinion, for navigating yes. um, the the different trends in our denomination. We're both parts of the United Methodist Church, um, and uh, many people who are unfamiliar with church history are under the impression that it's really just um, not normal for uh, churches to fight the way that, that we have. But when you are aware of church history, you know that Christians have been fighting within the church yes. for a long time. Yes. We have m- had many different heresies. Yes. We have many different sects and movements and uh, revivals that have gone on. Um, b- before we turn to Methodism, um, yes. I know there was one other thing I wanted to cover with you. I should have written it down. Oh, I was just generally curious. I've spoken mostly from uh, with with uh, Methodist brothers from northwestern Africa, uh, especially yes. Nigeria. And in Nigeria, they have uh, tensions between Christians and Muslims. Um, yes. In Mozambique, I, I read that uh, there is still tension uh, with Muslims there. Do you feel like the situation in Mozambique is very similar to Nigeria, or is there anything particular about Mozambique in which the situation um, is is noteworthy for people who want to understand what it's like to be a Methodist in Mozambique? Yes, I've been reading uh, some information about how uh, Christianity and Muslim are related in Nigeria and Kenya Mm -hmm. and other countries. Uh, for sure, uh, the relations are not good. But when we come to our situation, I'm, I can't say that uh, the relation is good, but uh, you know, it's not like what happened, happened in, in Nigeria, like, like what you mentioned. Here in Mozambique, happens only that if you go to the northern area of Mozambique, mm-hmm. we will find uh, a, a very few number of, uh, of uh, churches. But they're there, they're performing their, their, their worship without any problem. Mm-hmm. It's difficult to, to evangelize Muslim people to become them Christians. Mm-hmm. But in terms of uh, burning churches, uh, killing Christians, it's not happening here in Mozambique. Okay. In some occasions, we can all uh, come together in some ceremonies. Uh, the Christian ceremonies, we invite them, they come, they attend, we work together. In, in some occasions, uh, when we are celebrating public holidays here in Mozambique, the government can call Christians, they can call Muslims, they can call other denominations. We come together, we, we participate in, in, in that celebration without any, any problem. So I think in Mozambique, things are better than Nigeria in the yeah. other countries. It sounds like it. Really. Yeah. Yes. Um, the yes. other the other ongoing tension, I noted that I think the two biggest political parties in Mozambique, one is is Marxist, one is is uh, in, interested in communism, and that was the ruling party during um, the Civil War. I, I wondered how much Marxism has influenced the United Methodist Church in Mozambique. Yeah, uh, I think in terms of having Marxism influencing the church in Mozambique, nothing I can say about that. What okay. I know is that 
you know, the, the late president called Samora Michel, Samora Muzesh Michel, the first president of Mozambique after independence. He joined Marxism in order to, to fight the church in Mozambique. Mm -hmm. But he did not manage to fight to do it because the church, the church is still there, the church is performing until he passed away, so the church is there. There's no a sort of uh, every Marxism dominating the church, no. No, and I can't it, say that. And, and you would say it, it doesn't even really influence how, how the Bible is read or, or how the church practices. Okay, yeah, that's, that's uh, something I didn't used to care about, but now I'm very interested in, because there are parts of the world where Marxism has very much impacted the church and how they read the Bible. So, um, so Mozambique is, is one nation among many nations in Africa, it has different yeah. tribal history, different imperial history with Western powers. Um, I started this series hoping to understand how Africans in general perceive um, me and Americans and the issues that, that bind us together and that separate us. Um, I, you're probably the ninth person that I've spoken with, ninth or tenth. And as I've spoken with different, uh, it, it's all been men so far. That's not intentional, but uh, I've I've very much enjoyed every conversation. But every voice has been different. Um, so I I did not imagine that you could say, "Here's how all of Africa feels." Um, but in your context, you have been doing ministry within the United Methodist Church for over a decade in Mozambique. Um, and then yes. I, I didn't ask you, are, you are an ordained elder, are you not? I am ordained as, as from 1994. Okay. And then you've served yes. in local churches there in Mozambique? Yes. Okay. I served the local churches. I was a DS for two years before I got to university. Then uh, I went to university at the AU, then I came back uh, and I was appointed to serve as a professor where we trained pastors while I was doing my PhD. Then I was appointed as the director or the president of the university, which was, was started in 2017. Yes, yeah, you're... So I, I, have, I, have, I, I have the experience of serving the church. Right, yes. Uh, so you can speak. You can speak to the people that you've served alongside in in local churches, and you've you've had a lot of contact with normal uh, Mozambican Methodists on the ground. Um, are are uh, are Methodists there normal in that they don't really follow a lot what's going on with the the whole denomination? They just are aware what's going on locally, or do they keep do they keep pretty good track of? developments at general conference and what Americans are doing. Are they aware? Yes. Well, let me say that I had a, a opportunity and a chance of being a delegate for the 20, 2016 general conference. Okay. That was my first time to be, be to be indicated as the delegate for general conference. And so you... that was my, my first time to see people, uh, Manifesting about the issue of uh, homosexuality. Yes, uh, we've been we've been uh, told by the bishops, by other delegates that you know things are not okay. Uh, when we go to general conference, we see that there are people who are trying to divide the church because of sexual orientation. Mm -hmm. Then I saw it in my eyes. 
I saw into my eyes. Uh, we just reported the, the, the deliberation, the decision of the general conference for the for the church here. You know, uh, people are aware of what is going on on our denomination, mm-hmm. much not, but not the majority. Yeah, uh, uh, there are very people who are aware of that. Mainly those people are who are in the uh, cities and towns, but people who are in the area, you don't even understand what is that. Yeah. So people are aware. Yeah. Yes, but not not all not all of Methodists. Yeah, my my understanding is you are part of the Mozambique Episcopal area. Are you still under Joaquina Nanala? Is he your bishop? Yes. Okay. Yes, he is. And my understanding is that South Africa is the only annual conference in Africa that is sort of similar to uh, a Western liberal theology, and that the other annual conferences are not. Have I understood that? Would you agree that that's a, a fair way to see it? When you say similar, what do you mean by that? Um, when you say so when South I, Africa is... Mm. When, when, when I speak with brothers in uh, Zambia or Zimbabwe or Nigeria or Liberia, when they speak about Americans and our yes. theology, they they think we are quite strange in some ways. They they think that we've kind of lost our minds. Uh, that that liberalism has kind of um, poisoned our minds in many ways. Not everyone okay. thinks that. Not everyone thinks that. But my understanding is that in South Africa, United Methodists see things. Uh, they're, they're much more friendly to liberal theology. Oh yes. Okay. I, I, I can agree with I can agree with you. Mm-hmm. I just want to understand uh, how how we can explain what you have said. We have said, but when we talk about similarities. Yes. I can agree with you, but it is all related to the history of South Africa. Yes. Uh, you know, South, South Africa was dominated by by the by, by white people. Right. Then it was uh it was only in 1994 that we had the first black president in South Africa. I'm talking about Mandela. Yes. Yes. Uh, Besides that, uh, when we talk about uh, this gentleman, this who passed away this year, Dusman Tutu. Yes. Uh, Bishop Dusman Tutu. He was mm-hmm. the one who was fighting to get off Mandela, but need of. Uh, liberation in 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 south africa mm-hmm. so uh when you go to south africa you talk about liberation they understand very well because it was a fighting between white people and, and black people yes up to now we still have this faction these two factions the white people and black people mm-hmm. which is different with our country like mozambique yes we fought for the independence against the the western people Soon we won the independence, so now we've been fighting between ourselves. Yes. So I think you are right. You're right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I got the I I uh, yeah the way I pitched it was I knew that you all had the same bishop, but I didn't know yeah. how similar you were politically. And it sounds like there uh, there are great there are differences politically and that uh, that uh, theologically you are also yeah. quite different. So, yes, we so generally speaking, in in all yes. the uh, annual conferences other than South Africa, 
African United Methodists are not um, liberal. They, they do not see uh, human sexuality the way that Americans do, and they have not been inclined to change their minds. Um, Americans, while watching Africa, yes. understand that Africans are much more conservative in that way and much more traditional, and uh, things have gotten messy because um, it's the liberal faction that, that cares a lot about racism and they don't want to be racist, but it's the conservative faction in America that has much more theologically in common with our African brothers. And so um, it's been hard for Americans to know how to be in relationship with, with our African brothers and sisters because often we will get accused of being um, neo-colonialists where we are not trying yes. to, to come in with guns, but we are instead trying to come in with money and ideas to try and change yes. Uh, yes. Uh, African beliefs and theology and um, integrity. Um, from where you're standing, you've been working with the denomination as a whole for some time. You've, you've dealt with many Americans, but you also know what's going on on the ground in Mozambique. Do you think... Um, that Mozambique will will work with a liberal denomination if it changes its stance on human sexuality? Or do you think Mozambique would be very unhappy with making that change and would like to stay traditional? Yes, uh, it, this is very, this is very uh, funny, nice question. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, uh, that's what I can say tell you it's mm -hmm. a nice and very uh, fun question okay um i have so many friends i have so many american friends mm -hmm. for instance uh my education was paid by americans from my bachelor's in divinity my master degree and my phd i was paid by americans mm. I have so many good Americans who are my friends, but sometimes our ideas are not are not uh, similar, are not equals. Mm -hmm. um, coming to, to to your question, I think uh, in in my context in Mozambique, we would be well related with conservative people and. and than liberal people mm -hmm. when it comes to this age of uh, uh, sexual orientation. Mm -hmm. Because uh, Africans, maybe 90% of Africans, they don't see any interest of, of discussing this issue of uh, sexual orientation. Because what we believe is that God all created a man and women to come together as a couple. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not create a man to marry with another man, a mm -hmm. woman to marry with another woman. Mm -hmm. uh, that is a problem which I'm seeing in terms of how we African will receive this message come from, from, from Western, uh, Western, Western area. Yes. That's how we came with this word of neo-colonialism. Uh, there are some there are some factions in America. Not everyone. I've been in America for more than ten times. Yeah. Yes, I've been in Nashville. I've been in Georgia. I've been in Washington. I've been in Virginia. 
for more than 10 times. Mm. There are some, some groups in some areas of America who are trying to really bring neocolonialism in Africa. They are trying but to they use that. Yes, they, they, they are using their money. So They're using their money. They're using Africans because they know that we Africans, we are poor. We need money. Mm -hmm. Okay, here's money. But for you to get this money, accept what you want. I just want to give you an example. Uh, please do, Pastor, yes. Pastor Jeffrey. Yeah. Please do, yeah. I think you, I, I saw on one of your, of your email, you said you have, you have been uh, interviewed uh, Jerry Kula. Yes. I know Jerry Kula. Good. He's the, yeah, he's the president of African Initiative. That's right. I've been, I've been participating in different meetings of African Initiative. I, see, I think for more than four meetings that I participated. For instance, they have paid me a trip to go to Israel. Oh, how nice. Uh, Yes, I went there through uh, the support of uh, the support of uh, African Initiative, but I end up uh, decided to give up to be part of that organization. I called my bishop. Bishop, I want to be part of that association or initiative. As he said, go. Then we said, oh no, this time I want to come up, come off. So she said, why? I said, no. I have realized that African Initiative. It doesn't include all Africans. It's being used by some Americans to bring this issue of uh, sexual orientation. Okay. So for me, as, as an I think it's better not to be part of that organization. The last time I went, I went to the meeting of them, I think it was in 2020. 2020, 2020, 2020, 2020, 2020, 2020. Okay. That I was in the meeting in, in Kenya, mm -hmm. in Kenya. So I went there, I said, this is my last time. Mm -hmm. So um, I just want to bring this idea. Uh, African initiative does not represent everyone in Africa. It's a group of some people who are being used because they want to have their money for their life, for their for their children to go to school. So, um, but they are good Americans who support Africa because they want to see Africa uh, developing. So this one, I also accept them. Mm -hmm. But the one who comes here with the idea of bringing their, 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 their sexual orientation, uh, I don't support them. These are uh, really, they are, there are people who call, we can call neocolonialists. That's how I can. That's how I can. I can uh, give my contribution uh, in this uh, in this issue of neocolonialism. So whenever I spoke with Jerry Kula and yes. Simon Mafunda, he's he's uh, heading. I know. Up. I know. I know from Zimbabwe. Yes. Uh, yes. Both of them say that uh, they the people that they cooperate in America are not doing neocolonialism because they're not asking them to change their minds about anything. They're just asking them to, to, to practice and preach what they believe um, with respect to their theology, and they have a common shared theology, so conservatives in America share their resources with people in Africa who share in their, their personal beliefs. 
Um, so when I spoke with, with Jerry and Simon, both of them said that Western money is often used through the denomination to um, silence Africans who would otherwise speak um, more firmly against American liberal theology, that they are, um, by supporting missions and um, educating uh, and supporting um, colleges, that by doing that, they, they say, the denomination says, or churches in America say, if you speak against homosexuality, we will not send that money anymore. And that's what Jerry and Simon point to. That's, they say that's neocolonialism. But they say conservatives in America sending Africa Initiative or Wesleyan Covenant Association, sending them money is not neocolonialism because they're not asking them to change what they believe at all. They're just they're trying to cooperate. So I, I understand you see things differently. So help me understand what you see that I don't see yet. Yes, Jeff. I think uh, the way they explain, they think this is the right way to explain you. And then the way I do explain to you, that's how I see things are. Sure. Imagine, they say, they are saying that uh, these American guys who support African initiative coming from the WCA, uh, coming from GMC. Now we have the GMC. Mm -hmm. So they are they're, they're there. They, they say they, don't, they are not changing their mind. They are just supporting their mission. Yes. I, I, I won't say no or yes, but I, I'm saying it's a very funny answer which, come, which comes from them. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I said we uh, believe in the marriage between a man and women. Mm -hmm. That's our belief. That's biblical uh, teaching. Yes. Then here are these guys who say, okay, here we are. We want to support you, but for us support you, let us divide the church. The GMC it's a conservative uh, uh, denomination, of right. course. Yes. But they want to divide the church. They say, okay, you need to you need to decide not to accept those people who are for the homosexual people. Mm -hmm. But you know, as far as I'm concerned, we can't chase them from the church, these people. Mm -hmm. But we need to preach the gospel for them. Mm -hmm. The gospel has changed their minds. Mm. Let, me talk, let, me, let me give an example. Uh, one, one of our tradition in Mozambique. Yeah, I think you know about that. We have read about that. Mozambique are polygamist people. I didn't know that. Yes, we are polygamist people. Most okay. of Mozambique, not most, but some of them, okay. they, they live, with, uh, live by two, three, three four, five, four wives, more, even more than that. Wow. Wow. These, some of these gentlemen of two, three wives, mm -hmm. A member of, of UMC. Okay. The church doesn't the church doesn't doesn't support polygamy. Right. Because it's one man to one woman. Right. Or one woman to one man. Sure. But we can't chase them from the church. We leave them come to the church, then we preach the, the gospel for them. Mm -hmm. 
we can either change some of them to become one man to one woman, but all, all we can change the mind of their sons so they can say that, you know, polygamy is not a good way for me to follow. Mm -hmm. So how can we how can we say we are not supposed to accept people who are homosexual, we call it we call gays and lesbians. Right. We can't we, that's not our decision to separate the church. For me as the president of university, mm -hmm. what what I teach, I'm trying to shape my people, my students, to say, to tell them, guys. Let us work for the unity of the church. Uh -huh. There's no way for us to decide, decide for the separation. Mm -hmm. Let's accept everyone to come to the church. We preach the gospel. Mm -hmm. The gospel will change people's minds. I understand. So that's, um, my, point. that's my point. I, I think I understand. I think Wireless, it's a good point. That's that's all done. That's all done, uh, Jeff. But when you go to the when you go to the African initiative being used by GNC, they say, let us divide the church. Those who support homosexuality, they stay on their own. We as those who support, we say on their own. We are separating the church. Mm -hmm. Who are we to judge people? So when, when Jerry says that he the Africa Initiative want to stay with the United Methodist Church until yes. until they change their theology around sexuality. That yes. that he doesn't. Whenever I spoke to him very plainly, he said, "I don't want to d divide the church. I want to stay with the United Methodist Church unless they change their theology." When he says that uh, you don't believe him, or you think that that's besides the point, that that um, that even working with the people that he does who are for division compromises and, and makes the Africa Initiative uh, a bad faith partner. I, I can't comment on that. Sorry. Okay. Okay. It's fine. Yeah, it's just that's fine. His, that's his point. Yes. Um, so uh, when when you and I started, you said you needed to stop. Uh, we've gone over your time, haven't we? Okay. Yeah, maybe more, three minutes more. <laughs> I want to talk to you much longer. You're you're very interesting. Um, so, but, but we 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 can maybe we can just uh, come to another day. We discuss. Sure. We talk. Well, yeah. okay. So next week. Next week. Yeah. Let's uh, let me know when you're free, and we'll set something up. Because what I want to hear your thoughts on next are, you are aware mm -hmm. of the Christian history where there have been sometimes more than a century of disagreement and yes. fighting around different issues. And um, yes. right now you're under the, the um, you, you are very hopeful that people can be persuaded under the power of the gospel. Whenever I've yes. read church history, I haven't seen people being very persuadable once, once a conflict like this has been um, uh, uh, started, people don't listen anymore. Even though you're mm -hmm. preaching the pure word to them, People don't listen, and and in America, yes. and in America, what I would say is people who are on the uh, who are liberal are not interested in listening to me. They might listen to African brothers and sisters, although I really don't think so. They have already mm -hmm. decided they are on the right side of history, and that that people like me 
are bigots and and uh, full of hate and that I should not be listened to. So so there's that, and then there's with the early Methodist revival movement. John Wesley was known to kick out lots of people who were not interested mm-hmm. in pursuing holiness. He would come into a town and he would hear about people uh, persisting in sin, and he would simply say, "Get out of here." You're not a Methodist anymore. And so when that is our founding, um, I'm not as as disturbed whenever we kick people out of the church who are not interested in holiness. Um, but but I, I, I understand you are in a different place, so I want to, uh, in our next conversation, I want you to speak wisdom to me so I can maybe change. I want to think that I'm persuadable if I'm wrong. Um, so I, I won't publish this for now. I'll edit some a little bit, but I'll wait on speaking to you again, and then you can uh, can give me some knowledge that I don't have. Does that sound good? It's okay. It's okay. Okay. Let's make it for next next uh, Thursday again, same hour. Okay. Okay. I'll put it on my calendar. Yeah. I'll go ahead and send you an email. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Julio. Take care. Bye-bye. 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 All right, Julio, this is part two. We were able to speak last week, and then we needed to cut time. Uh, so we were back at it today. And then um, the the only area that I remember really wanting to help uh, have you help me understand is, and, and I'm sure there are many other areas, but the one that I've been thinking on all week was where we left it, which is um, Methodism was a movement that in the revival movement in the beginning was very exclusive. And so uh, they had the general rules of the United Societies that were very clear about uh, every Methodist had to be pursuing righteousness, and if they were continuing in sin, they would be kicked out of Methodism. And they kept that practice as it came over to America, uh, but then over time, we stopped kicking people out, and we started being more permissive of people who were not growing in righteousness, uh, were, not, were not repenting of sin. The situation our denomination finds itself in today is where we are quite tolerant of sin, um, and whenever you were uh, helping me understand where the church in Africa is last week, the way I remember you saying it is, um, here in many contexts in Africa, we have polygamy, we have people who come into the church who are in, uh, married to multiple wives, and we are not going to kick them out. Rather, we are going to keep them inside of the church, we are going to minister to them, we are going to preach the truth to them, and we believe that the truth of the gospel will change them. And if not them, then their children um, we are going to engage in long-term transform- transformative ministry with people, and we are not going to change ourselves. We are going to change them. We are not going to become permissive of sin. Rather, we are going to um, help transform these people and their lives into godly uh, people and lives. Did I understand you correctly? Yes, that's what I said. Are you are you are you recording? Yes. Should I not? Are you sure. Yes, I, no, I you you can. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm recording. Yes, okay. Yes, I think you that's what uh, I said uh when we met uh on our last time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what happened in Mozambique. That's my position too. I support the way we are doing things here. 
So have you, and you are in the local church, have you seen people who come in and are sinning and do not want to change? Have you seen all of them change over a period of time and learn to hate their sin and stop sinning? Or have you seen most of them change? Um, The reason I ask that is in America, if we do not require them to change, then they don't change. If we mm-hmm. if if we allow them to be in the church and to have access to our fellowship and um, to 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 be friends with everybody, then they learn that they can continue in sin, and there are no consequences. So so are Africans different? Do they change when when they don't have to? Uh, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, when we talk about changing, it's a process. Uh-huh. It's a process, you know, where people who uh, are not uh, well-behaved, they come to the church because they recognize the existence of God, despite of their situation. Uh-huh. But when they come to the church, They are looking for salvation, Uh but they don't get salvation just in one day. It's a process. From the time when they come to the church, it will be uh, being part of the uh, fellowship service. They'll be singing with other people. They'll be listening sermons in different Sundays, even in midweek. I think those sermons will contribute for the changing of these people. Some, they end up saying, yes, when I came to the church, uh, I used to have this kind of life. But from the time I become a member of this church, my life had changed very significantly. So some people say that, some they don't say, but you can can see in the way they behave. These people are new people. They've they've been born again. Mm -hmm. So that's what happened happened in Mozambique. In in America, what what happens? There will be a lot of people who say, "Christ has changed my life. He taught me to love myself. Yes. He taught me to uh, be forgiving of my neighbors or more tolerant." But there are many people who say, "Yes, God does not call me to change who I am sexually. That uh, he 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 loves me for who I am." Um, and they find churches that mm-hmm. tell them that. Um, is that mm-hmm. is that at all something that happens in Mozambique, or uh, does Mozambique make very clear um, God does love you, but He He does not love your sexual behavior? Yeah, this issue of sexual behavior it's a little bit difficult for me to bring my analysis. Because for sure, uh, the way it happened in America, uh-huh. it's very different in Mozambique. Uh-huh. Um, I, won't, I wouldn't say that we don't have people who are homosexual in Mozambique. They uh-huh. might be there. But most of them don't even uh, show up to the church. If they go there, they try their best to to be hidden. They don't want people to know that sure. they have this kind of uh, of uh, sexual behavior. Yeah. So well, the case... I never came across a situation. 
the situation that I you never came across with a situation. Sorry, brother. Yes. <laughs> the situation okay. you brought up was yes, uh, yes. the sexual sin of, of Mozambique is is polygamy, men who are are tied to many women. And so that would oh, be yes. the that would be the sexual sin that I'm talking about, where uh, I oh, wonder if there yes. are lots of men who come into the church and they say, you know, Christ mm-hmm. should change my life in this way, in this way, but Christ, I do not believe he wants me to change how many women I'm married to. Um, and and I, I, I don't feel convicted in that way. Uh, those who I know, they never say that. Okay. But I can say that Maybe they, they they don't say it in words, but they say it in behavior. Uh-huh. Because even if we preach about the negative side of the polygamy, they will never divorce their, their wife and still uh, live with them. Which means they come to the church, yes, they believe in God, but they don't want to divorce of their wives. It's equal to say, okay, they say, okay, God loves, loves me the way I am. Uh-huh. That's what... That's what my assumption. Uh-huh. But there are some there are some people who end up being with one with one with one wife. My 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 father, for instance, he was he was a, a polygamist man. Uh-huh. But by the time he passed away, he had only one wife. Uh we used to we, we, we as uh, his children, we used to meet with him in the short negative side of being a polygamist man. Mm-hmm. But he ended up accepting our advice. Then he stayed only with, uh, with one wife. So that was a change from one, from my from my daddy. I've been I've been listening yes. to an American um, who was a was a gay man. His name was Beckett Cook. He he's he he's uh, he talks to a lot of other people who are uh, theologians, Christians. Uh, he he was actively involved in a gay lifestyle. He was partnered with a gay man. Mm-hmm. I, he was he left all that behind out of his love for Christ. He was interviewing a, a woman who was a, a lesbian who had uh, married another woman, had partnered with another woman, was with her for years and years, and then she uh, yes. found Christ, and she left the woman she was with, and now she's married to a man, and... Um, I think that you see mm-hmm. that that's just very powerful. I mean, in one sense, it makes a lot of people sad to think about you built a life with somebody and then you leave them. But the thing is, when you build a life on a foundation of sin and sinking sand, then there's something beautiful about being willing to leave all that behind and start a new life in Christ. Yes. And and I I wondered. I, I realize that homosexuality and polygamy are two different issues, but they're two—they're sexual sins. They are based on sins, yes. Uh, yes. desires of the human heart that do not please the Lord, that 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 upset, uh, that cause sin. So it really is amazing to see when people are willing to turn their back on their old lives and build a new life in Christ, even when in the short term it causes great pain. Um, in America, the United Methodist Church does not preach that, does not expect people to transform their lives yeah. on that level. And so in Mozambique, yes. do, you, do you feel that the proclamation of righteousness and holiness is more powerful 
than perhaps what what Americans often hear, or do you think that the the United Methodist Church in Mozambique is uh, like like your American brothers, where we are not as eager to talk about starting a new life and leaving old things behind? Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's a bit difficult to make a comparison, but uh, what I would say is that we, in our context in Mozambique, uh, we are trying, we're still trying to preach about righteousness, righteousness mm -hmm. in our churches. Yeah. Though there are people who are not following this, these ceremonies. Let me say that, you know, uh, when I was a young man, the church was more pure than the church, than, than the way it is now. When I was a young man, uh, most of the of the people who go to the church were very respectful people. When I was a young man, I saw the church which was a little bit pure than the church which we have today. Yeah. People who used to go to church on that time, they knew the meaning of being Christians. But nowadays, there are many people who just go to church for the sake of having friends in the church, not because they know they know the pureness of going to the church. That's why I'm saying we preach about righteousness, but there are very people who are there are very few people who are following about our, about our, our our preaching. Yeah. But we will never stop preaching. We need to continue to preach because at least one two people will end up uh, transforming their life. So that's why we need to continue preaching about righteousness in our church. That's what we do in Mozambique. So Jesus uh, speaks about uh, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees. <clears throat> um, he, he uses the metaphor of yeast uh, being, uh, the way I've always understood it is sin. And when you allow sin to enter into the dough and work its way through the dough, then it makes the whole loaf ruined. And so um, I've, I've often wondered if... Um, so in, in American Christianity, it's called church discipline. Whenever, uh, whenever a church discerns that there are members of the church who are not interested in holiness, they are corrupting the whole church. And so the church mm -hmm. puts them on the outside, says, you cannot come until you repent. Uh, you, you are not allowed in this fellowship any longer. Um, there are not many churches mm -hmm. that practice that anymore um, for various reasons. Uh, but a, as I look at the church in America and the stages it has gone through, and then whenever I hear you talk about in Mozambique how the church used to be more pure, and now today it's more tolerant of sin, um, I wonder if we would be wise to reclaim our heritage of church discipline where we actually say to people, if you are not interested in holiness, you should not be here. What do you think about that? <laughs> you know, if we say if we say that, probably would just remain of one or two people in the church. You think there would I think I heard you say if we said that there would only be one or two people left? What I'm saying we, we, if we, 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 we say, okay, 
those who are not willing to follow the sermon of righteousness, uh -huh. uh, just stay by, by outside. You will see that the majority will be outside. There will be having few people in the church. Okay. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, that's what, that, 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 like what I said, the majority of people who come to the church nowadays, they come for the sake of friendship only. There are very few people who come to the church because they know they know the significance of, of becoming a member of the church. Mm -hmm. So those who are coming on to for the sake of friendship, of uh, neighboring food, they'll just, okay, stay with your church, we'll go to our life. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, uh, we're in the same position in America. Um, but we have lost much most of our former strength. The church in America used to be very, very strong. And we still have a good deal of money, um, but we do not have the commitment and manpower and conviction that previous generations had. Mm -hmm. And all along the way, people made the case that we needed to make it easier for people so that we could get more people in the door and then we can preach to them and we can uh, let Jesus do what he wants with them. And it never worked out that way. Um, the, the Methodists in America, we used one in three Americans used to be a Methodist. Um, we were a huge movement. Mm -hmm. And then um, for decades now, we've had fewer and fewer and fewer people even as it's been easier and easier to be a Methodist. And so um, I, I've, I've been of the mind that we need to make it more difficult, even if in the short term it causes some pain. Um, but I don't, I, don't, I don't think people who disagree with me are wrong or, or are, are evil. or uh, I, I just I worry about long term. It seems to me that, uh, that people hunger for something hard and that ha comes at a cost. You know, discipleship is supposed to cost us something. And when we don't require people to give things up or we don't even require repentance or turning from sin, then um, I'm not sure what the point of belonging to the church is. Um, so in Mozambique, the, the portrait you painted for me is that the Africa Initiative, do they have any connections in Mozambique, or is Mozambique kind of separated from the Africa Initiative and doing its own thing? If I, if I go too well, you want to find out whether the African Initiative, African Initiative has connected with Mozambique or not. I'm right. Sure, yeah, or if they have any... I'm right. Uh, yeah, do they have any presence there? Or is anyone there connected to the Africa Initiative, or is Mozambique pretty separate? In in last years there was a there was a pastor who uh, has been indicated by the African Initiative to represent Mozambique in that movement, but what happened? This pastor ended up having some problem in the church. He is no longer a pastor. So so far we don't have any person who is an official. Uh, Mozambican represent Mozambican African initiative. Like what I told you, I used to go to their meetings because uh -huh. they used to invite me. Some of the guys were my my colleagues at African University. Uh -huh. They used to invite me. I was uh, taking part of their of their meetings. 
But when I discovered that they, they were being used, I said, no, this time for me just to not continue being with them. Right. So I decided not to go there again. Right. Yes. Yeah, I remember that. that. My, my personal decision. I just didn't know if there were any other groups trying to unite African Methodists um, to be of one mind about how they wanted to vote and be in relationship with uh, the general denomination, or if in Mozambique, if if all of the leadership is pretty much uh, untied to any other caucus group. For instance, now um, I've been, as from last year, but one, I've been participating in the meeting for for Christmas Covenant. I think you know about that. I know about the Christmas Covenant. I didn't know if you were tied to that at all. I, I was going to ask you about that today. Yes. Uh, I'm part of that. I'm part of the that organization. I be, uh, take part of their meetings. Uh, whatever they meet, uh, I participate. We are now in Africa. We are now starting our own forum. This is called... Uh, African Forum for the Unity of the Church. Uh, what, what is our purpose? Our purpose is to try to help our leaders, our bishops in Africa, not to check the way of separation, but to support the unity of the church. We accept to live with everyone in the church. Despite of our differences, who can continue to be brothers and sisters, but each uh, regime will be having its own book of discipline, mm -hmm. whereby we will say, okay, if our friends at Oklahoma, he supports the, the, the homosexual uh, principles, yes, you write your book of discipline. We don't support it, we have our own mm -hmm. book of discipline, which said, no, we don't accept uh, pe people who uh, met with another man, men to men, women to women, but we still we still live, live together, worship together as brothers and sisters. But we have some difference in terms of the of some paragraphs in our book of discipline. That's what we are trying to discuss in our in our African forum. Likewise, in the in the um, uh, Christmas covenant, we are saying that okay. Uh, we have some differences in some some principles with between Africans, uh, African Europeans, Americans, and the Philippines. Mm -hmm. But let's continue to live together in our differences. If Americans they don't want to leave their sexual uh, behavior, they prefer to continue supporting people, men, male to men. Okay, live like that. That's 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 what you believe. But when you come to Africa, don't force us to accept what you what you, you what you accept. That's how we, that's what we discuss in our in our in our movements. But we always support the unity of the church. So that's why the, the Christmas Covenant is talking about create, creating some regions. Uh -huh. We'll be having this. Uh, that's of America as a region. We'll be having Africa as a region. Europe as a region, then we'll be having uh, their book of this. We'll be having general book of discipline. When we come to Africa, we'll be writing our own book of discipline. Those right. 
part of that we don't support, we leave them outside. Uh -huh. yeah. You know, that's what that's what we are think to we are think it would be helping us to live together in our differences. I've I've known about the Christmas covenant for some time. I've I've gone to the website and and read about it. Um, I haven't been able to tell how how big how many people from Africa have been involved in its creation. Oh, um, I can't tell in terms of numbers, but if, if you have you have told me before, I would I would bring you a good number. But I know that in Mozambique. Um, I'm the only one being part of the Christmas Covenant. We have some friends in Zimbabwe, about, about three or four. We have uh, about two or three friends in South Africa. But South Africa is part of Mozambique Episcopal area. Right. We, we are the same area. Yeah. We have some friends, we have some friends in, in DRC, which is another central conference. We used to have one guy from Angola, but now he's no longer being part of our meetings. Uh -huh. But if you want, I can I can later on try to find the total number. Then I will let you know. Yeah, I would be interested. I uh, I suspected from the beginning that um, that liberals in America just found a few, not many Africans that would be okay with them doing what they wanted. Um, it, it has seemed to me that that the whole purpose of the Christmas covenant is to allow for the Americans to do what they want sexually and yes. then and then allow for the Africans to stay separate in some ways but connected in the ways where money still can flow to Africa from America um but I haven't been able to find a way to feel good about that to my way but, of understanding but it I don't think excuse me yeah go ahead I don't think that I don't think that we 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 defend that for the sake of money. Okay. Yeah. Help me. What if not yeah, for no, money? Then not, why? Not the matter of wanting wanting money to come from America to Africa, but we want to try to have to still have the Methodist, the United Methodist Church in the world. You know, it's 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 difficult for a person to change to change his or her denomination. Even those guys who, who are now going to the GMC, some of them they they change their mind. They come want to come back to the GMC because they are used to that. Even there's, if there is no money coming from the states to Africa, mm -hmm. what do we say? We need to continue as brothers and sisters belong to the same church. I don't I don't know how to make. I just want to say that. Yeah, I I understand the words. I don't know what it means to say that we yes. belong to the same church if we're allowed to make different covenants yes. and have different rules. Yes. I don't I can't if yes. If we all have the same covenant and the same rules, then that makes sense to say that we belong to the same church. But if we have separate covenants, yes, you are right. Then that makes no sense to me. Yeah, you you are right. But you no, we are trying to say, okay, we want to continue, want to continue as united Methodists, despite of this difference. Because, you know, I think which thing which would, would separate us is just a matter of sexual uh, behavior. That's the biggest problem. Right now. If, uh, if you, I was talking, yeah, 
like what I said uh, on last week, when I said, okay, in Africa, we talk about polygamy. Mm -hmm. Probably if I come to America and said, you know, in Africa, polygamous people, that would be a very strange uh, word for you because we are not used to that. It's it's but becoming since, more common, but yeah. Some of our forefathers, yeah, since some of our forefathers in Africa, we used to have polygamous people, yeah. but we were, were the same church. That's 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 how I can give my contribution. Yeah, the so in America, um, the phrase is moving the goalposts. Um, I think that's a sports reference. But the the thing is, um, conservatives and liberals have been arguing about different things for a long time, and it started with one thing, and yes. then went to another thing, and then went to another thing, and the um, the concern I have is that uh, Americans are, are telling Africans, if you just give us our way with the sex stuff, everything will work out. And I think the reality is, if you give them their way here, then there will be another issue very soon where Africans are saying, no, 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 this is wrong. And the Americans are saying, no, 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 we're going to do it our way. And you just mind your own business. And, and that's what I think is what the Christmas covenant is going to do. It's going to separate America from Africa so that we do not have to be accountable to you. And uh, you don't have to be accountable to us either. But in that case, if we're not accountable to one another, once again, I don't see how we are a true church or how we are united. That sounds to me as though we're yeah, separating. Yeah, yeah you, you, you are right. I agree with you. I agree with you. I I want yeah. from from the time we have. Go ahead, please. From the time that we have different ideas, we have a different uh, book of discipline or some different of in terms of paragraph. So we're not we're not united. We are different. You are right. I agree with you. But I but think we, if we are reading the same Bible. If we're reading the same Bible, we have to desire that unity. We have to work for that unity, and that means that Americans yes. have to learn humility to let Africans speak truth to us and and to tell us that we're wrong yes. and that, that Africans have to bear with us and continue to minister to us when we are frustrating. And I think the Christmas covenant makes it so that Americans don't have to be humble and Africans don't have to bear with us anymore. But you you should tell yeah. me I'm wrong because uh, you 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 are you're obviously a man who loves the church, loves Jesus and you're pouring your life into the church and you support the Christmas covenant. Um and so as you hear my concerns about it, I don't hear you disagreeing. Um but my concern, I want you to hear my why I'm concerned. I think if the Africans let America go, uh, if we pass the Christmas covenant and we no longer have to, we can have our own book of discipline over here. I think that the American church will, will fall apart and crater. I think it will be a, and I don't think we will look anything like who we're supposed to look like. I think the only thing that has kept the church in America biblical is the fact that we are tied to Africa and the Philippines. Mm -hmm. And once we are no longer tied to you in that way, I think my United Methodist Church that I grew up in here 
I think it's going to fall apart. I think I think it's going to lose all biblical integrity. I and so I've I have been desperately hoping that Africans would refuse to let Americans go, even though we're saying let us go, let us go. I've been hoping that that Africans would say, uh, you can leave if you want, but no, we're we're not going to let you go uh, because Africa has the numbers you there are now more african methodists than there are american methodists yeah yeah you have the numbers and if you organized i you could and i think you should take over the whole denomination uh uh take all over the take take over the boards and agencies and take over all the funding i would i would rather that happen than africa has its own book of discipline and lets america do what it wants um, as you hear me talk about an African takeover, do you like that idea of, of Africans taking over the denomination, or do you think that that's kind of silly? I don't think I don't think that you know uh, Africa will take over the denomination. I don't think so. I think the big the big issue here, as far as I'm concerned, is that you know Africans. In terms of uh, money, we are poor. Right. We don't have money. Uh-huh. Americans, they have a lot of money. Yes. But in terms of spirituality, I think they are, you, you are, most of you, you are weak. Yes. In Africa, we don't have money, but spiritually, we are trying to be to be stronger than than American. Yes. That's why, even in terms of uh, numbers. You are talking about the church, two churches with uh, almost 50 people. One with 40 people, another one with 10 people. That's your, that's, that's your church. Yeah. The church where I, where I am, we have 600 people who are enrolled in the book of a uh, person church. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the normal attendance on Sundays it's between 300 to 400 people coming to the church. Mm-hmm. But if you look to the offerings, it's, a, it's almost nothing because people don't have money, but they have this uh, spiritual side. They want to go to church looking for God who can save them from their situation. Uh-huh. So if you don't have money, there's no, it's not easy to take over the church. To run the church, yes, we need the spiritual side, but we need also differential sides. Mm-hmm. That's what I can say. Well, so my understanding has been, if you have the numbers, if you have the the membership, then, yes. then you can take the money. From you? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't know why Africans aren't trying that. Mm-hmm. I, I, think, I think if Africans organized... If if mm-hmm. the, if the Africa Initiative is for some reason not an option, I would like for there to be another option where all of the African Methodists come together and say, "We're going to take over the denomination. We're going to get all of the money and we're going to use it here, and we're going to love our Americans, but we're not going to let them change biblical principles." Uh, yes. So so we will minister to them because yes. we are spiritually rich. We will let them minister to us with their money. And that that makes much more sense to me than yes. Oh, we're gonna let them separate themselves and do whatever they want. That I I think that 
I don't know why Africans would do that when you have the votes now. You have the yeah. political power to take from us everything. Yeah, that's the point. Uh, I always say that, you know, um, the, the, the UMC came to, Musa, came to Africa through mis American missionaries. Mm -hmm. I think now time had come to have African missionaries to go to America. Yeah. To preach in America. Yes. But I think the doors are not yet well opened for us all. Even though there are, there are some Africans, I know some friends of me, of me, of mine, who were my, my classmates at African University mm -hmm. doing theology with me. Uh, then the United States, uh, we have we have two pastors, Mozambique pastors, who are appointed in America. One is in Missouri. Okay. I think for more than five years, he went there for 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 study, but he's we serving a church in Missouri. Another one is in New York. Uh, he has been there for more than twenty years, serving the church in New York. Wow! But I feel that this number is very, very little. We need to have more Africans going to the states to try to 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 share the experiences. Yes. But you know, because of the financial situation we are not meant to do that but when when the church was coming to africa the american had money they used to send their missionary to come to africa to come to mozambique to bring jesus to us mm -hmm. now we have accepted jesus the numbers of people who who believe in jesus growing each and every day right yeah now we need to take this experience to the states uh-huh how can we do that so if we if we continue to be united, though we're not united, maybe one day we'll be having a possibility of having African missionaries in the States for them to share the experiences. Because we do have good experiences that would be very important for your context. I think so too. Yes. Yes. I, so the thing that I think I still need to see because you and yes. I agree on what we want to see at the end. What we want to see is Africans ministering to Americans. Uh, yes. Because I believe that, that Americans have lost an important part of what it means to be Methodist that Africans still have. So, yes. Um, and I don't know if you saw it or not, but I sat down with Simon Mafunda, and he and I talked Mafunda, about Yes, from Zimbabwe. I know him. Yes, I he, know him. he and I had a, a great conversation about what it would look like for Africans to come and minister to us. Uh, he has some excellent yes. ideas for that. So, but the 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 way the question is, how do we get there? How do we create that? And so, yes. what what my fear is, my fear is with the Christmas covenant that that Americans will continue to send some money to Africa, but it will be on our terms and it will never be used in a way to make us uncomfortable. But if Africans insist, no, we're not going to have regional separation. We're going to continue mm -hmm. to impact things in America. Then I think sometime quite soon, Africans can say, you know what? We need a couple million dollars to fund some missionaries that we're going to send over to America. Yeah. Uh, I, I see that happening much more realistically if we keep yeah. the structure as it is. Rather, the, I think the Christmas covenant, here's how Americans are. We say one thing, but we do another. So we'll talk, oh. we'll talk about unity, but we'll actually separate. 
And that's what I mm-hmm. think Americans are going to do with the Christmas covenant is yeah, we will we will use it. this language of being United Methodist and letting you do things in your missional context and we'll do things differently here but we'll be united. I don't think Americans have any interest in that. I well, yeah. I do, but I think those in charge do not. And so I think um I would just ask you to to consider if maybe um Africans can suffer with Americans a little bit longer. Um, but mm-hmm. I don't know. You've been suffering with us for a long time, and we haven't been very fun to suffer with. So I, uh, I understand Africans who just want to separate for a little bit or have regional autonomy. Uh, I, can't, I can't fault Africans for that. And especially in America, conservatives are just leaving and joining the, the global Methodist church because they're tired. Yes. They're just tired of fighting. They're just... They, they just yeah. don't believe they can win. And then as I talk to Africans, I often find most Africans don't think that they can win either. And, and so they just want to not try. And from where I'm sitting, I think Africans can win because you have the numbers. Yeah. And so I just, uh, I, as I've talked with you and with others, I find myself wanting to encourage you and say, you can do it. I believe in you. Yes. <laughs> so. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for the encouragement. We'll we will try. I should hope we so. We will try. Yeah. And then if yeah. I can also encourage you, I don't know all the details, and I don't yes. need to know of what caused all the breakdown um, between the Africa Initiative and many other people, not just you, but many other people. But I would love it if the Africans could come together in a single caucus group again. Um, yeah, I, I think that that's, that's so whatever can happen, if there's ever something I can do to help, tell me, but I, I really hope Africans can come together in with one mind and one voice at general conference. If we'll do that, that will be good for us. But we, we're now coming, to, we're now, uh, being divided small groups. So if we, we are divided small groups, we'll, we'll never win. But uh, it would be good for us to come to come as a one group of Africans. Yes. Then defend our own of our, our own position. Yes. But the way we are now, we are divided. Now we have African Initiative. We have a covenant, Christmas Covenant. Uh, we have those who are going to GMC. We have WCA. So everything is here in Africa. I yeah, it's it's difficult. I I think. Well, and I don't know. Africa is much more divided than most Americans understand. You know, you have different yeah. countries, and then you have different tribes within countries. Um, mm-hmm. And so there are limits to how much you can come together. But I still think that when Africans are looking at Americans, that Africans as a whole um, can stand together. I, I would like to think so. I, and I'm, yeah. I'm not an expert but if there is, just know that that's what I'm going to be praying for. And so if yeah, there's... I agree. I agree with you. I do agree with you. You are right. You are right, Jeffrey. I, I find as I talk to many brothers over in Africa, uh, there's many things to agree on, and it's given me a lot of joy. Um, we're, we're nearing the end of our time, and I just want to ask you, is there anything else that you think is really important for me personally or for Americans broadly to understand about the United Methodist Church in Africa or in Mozambique? Is there anything that you just think we we don't understand and we should take a, a little bit more time and energy to try and, 
and be good friends to you? Yeah, I think we have, we have shared everything that uh, the church is in, in Mozambique and the church is in Africa. Uh, what we need, we need to pray to one another because we're in the battle in our church. I don't know what's going to happen in 2024 right. for, general, for General Conference, uh-huh. which is being now prepared. So we need to pray. Yes. For the church in Africa, we need to pray for the church in America. Yes, we need to pray for our friendship and then for our unity. Yes, yes. Division is not a good, not, not a good thing. We need to be united. I agree. I agree. We need to find ways to connect united message people, not to be divided. These small groups just weaken our church. Yes. Yeah. Well, Julia, that's it. I, I yes. think that's an excellent uh, uh, encouragement to end on. And so I, I prayed at the beginning of our time together. Perhaps you would pray uh, yes. now at the end. Would that be all right? Okay. Yes, sir. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the life that you have given us. We thank you for the life of uh, Pastor Jeff. You had called him from his family. You have given him a mission to fulfill. Preach the gospel so that your people can be saved. Now again, you have inspired him this initiative of trying to hear from different people in Africa, in America, about the life of the church in this moment. As is continuing to listen from different people in Africa, different people in America, guide him in this process. We all pray for the unity of UMC. We want to continue as one church. We want to continue as people who are committed to preach your gospel and save people and show the good way for the people so they can be saved. Thank you for this opportunity of meeting together with Pastor Jeff. Thank you for the conversation that we had. Thank you for everything that we'll be doing from now and forward. Bless us, guide us, and be with us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. It is really, Thank you. It has really been a joy. Thank you so much for spending time with me and, and bearing with me and helping me understand. It's really been a treasure. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Jeff. Yes, sir. All right. So I think one day we'll meet somewhere. I think so, too. I think so. All right, brother. Bye-bye. Take care. Have a good day. Bye-bye.